Well, we bless you today. Glad to see you. Glad you're here. Hallelujah. Thank God you're alive. And you're doing well, and you're going to leave here doing better than ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you expect that? Amen. How many of you know we don't come to church just filling time. We come to receive. And so we just bless you, and we're glad to see each and every one of you. We call you highly blessed. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Something I want to share with you, 2 Timothy chapter 2. It's so good to have every one of you. So good to have the Dardars with us today, Jake's mom and dad, and we're so glad. And I know he's happy to have his dad with him. Hallelujah. Always looking better than ever, bud. Hallelujah. God bless you. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 2, 1. God bless you. Happy fathers to all those on the Internet. We bless you today. We bless our Royal Rangers who are out there camping and taking care of our boys. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And I thought that was such a fitting scripture today, but it's not only for the sons, but also for the daughters. And Timothy was feeling like a total failure because his church had fallen apart and split in half. He was wondering, if God called me to come here, why did all this ever happen? Did you ever feel like you were given the shorthand of it. You ever felt like, man, I'm losing. I feel so unworthy. I feel like I've messed up and there's no more redemption for me. And then the enemy comes along and he keeps nagging you and telling you and accusing you, yes, you did mess up. There is no redemption for you. There is no hope. But I love what it says. Be strong in the grace. You don't have to try to be strong in yourself. You don't have to figure it out. You don't even have to fix it because you can't. It's up to the Lord to fix it in His grace and His strength. And that word strong means explosive strength. It means the ability and power, but it speaks of that which is deposited in a vessel. It's deposited. He was saying, Timothy, you're feeling like a failure. You feel like you've blown it, but there is something in the grace of God that is able to deposit into you, that is able to keep you from shrinking back, keep you from giving up, keep you from wondering, I must be out of God's will. I'm doing something wrong. Something's going wrong with my life. No, there's a grace which is sufficient for you that even when you're going through the fires, we saying, when you're going through the troubling times and your confusing time, a, a, a time of misunderstanding, there's a grace of God that is sufficient for you. And the grace, what I love about the word grace it is not something deserving it's something free Timothy's feeling like a failure and he says wait a minute even if the devil tells you you're unworthy you don't deserve it well guess what grace isn't about how well you deserve it grace is just freely given to you by the love of the father is the devil does the devil accuse you Jesus loves you more than the devil hates you there's a grace that is able to make you stand and it's available uh, in to give you strength and to revive you and to replenish you. The blood of Jesus, you say, how can this be? I, I, I'm not worthy. The blood of Jesus makes you a candidate, a son and an heir, no matter how much you've blown it and no matter where you find yourself today. His blood is calling out and speaking inheritance, grace, empowerment and love it is not about being worthy it's all because the worthy one paid the price spilt his blood so that all that he possesses all that the father possesses I'll make you a candidate and a vessel to receive it all and it's not about how good you look how good you are doesn't, it doesn't depend on anything except you accepting me 
Jesus. Are we blessed? When you find this truth and you find out it's not by works and that our own righteousness and works is as filthy rags as we're going to study today, the Lord is rebuking the enemy and saying, take the filthy rags off of my son and put upon him robes of righteousness. Do you know when the Bible said that the prodigal son, the father of the prodigal son, do you know when the father saw his son, the father represented God? It is the only place that it says that God ran. When the prodigal's father saw him afar off, and the father, listen, the father already broke a commandment when he gave him his inheritance before his own death. He broke the commandment. He broke the law. But you see that the father broke another law. His son had been among swine and his son had been in sin. And according to the law, his son needed seven days of being hidden and needed to go through a time of repentance and cleansing through animals and through doves and calves and goats and sheep. And do you realize that when the father saw him afar off, before the rabbis could get to him, before the older brother could get to him, before the neighbor kids could get to him, the father said, I'm going to get to him. And you know what? I may be breaking my own law, but since I made it, I am the only one who can break it. And it doesn't depend upon how well you've been, how, how, how proud you've made me. Just being my son makes me want to run to you, grab you, hold you, love you, heal you, cleanse you, accept you. I don't care what religion says. Kill the fatted calf. Bring him the robe. Bring him the ring. Bring him the new shoes. Because I am his father. And I declare he is my son. You are my son today. Listen. In whom I am well pleased. You are my son. You are my son. You are my son. You are my son. In whom I am. And well, please come on and give the Lord a praise today. Give him a praise because nothing can stop the power of redemption. It can, nothing could stop Christ from going to the cross. Nothing could take him down off of the cross and nothing can stop him from loving you, accepting you, cleansing you and freeing you today of whatever you may find yourself. The spirit of the Lord is here. To preach deliverance to the captives. Glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah. God bless you, sons of the Most High King, Abba Father. His favor is upon you. May you leave, leave here today with a fathering, Father blessing of Abba upon you. And may you be changed forever. Will the ushers come forward and we'll receive this morning's offerings and tithe. Oh, the Father calls you his beloved in whom he's well pleased today. Lord, we praise you for that and we give you glory for that as we worship you today in spirit and in truth. Lord, on this Father's Day, we give you a Father's Day blessing. We give you a Father's Day offering, our tithes to our daddy, our tithes and offerings to our father. Because you all things come from you. And we thank you on this day, Father, that we bless you with our worship and praise. And you bless us with an open heaven. You bless us with the devourer kicked out and your boundaries of your precious blood over and around us. We love you and accept these offerings and tithes for your name's sake and your glory's sake and cover each and every one with a mantle of blessing. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, church.
All right, guys. Appreciate it. Hey, pretty girl. Oh, you got a card for... Okay, I'll take another card. I'll bet you wrote me a nice one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is my card. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Well, if we go ahead and put this up on the screen, we want to go ahead and I just want to minister to you while something that I feel is very unique and needed. And we're going to be doing a special today. Brother Jake, he's staring at you. He's staring at you. It's ready? Is it ready? Okay, let's go. I guess I do it, huh? Okay, here we go. We got a different type of PowerPoint. Defending dads. All you guys go, you're going to appreciate the message today. How many dads, don't raise your hands, ever feel like you need defending? It's quiet, but I know where you are. I mean, how many ever feel we need defending? And I want to show you today in the defense of dads, because there's something special we got to get a hold of, is that no matter what Hillary Or Dickory Doc says, no matter what the world says, a nation is not only as strong as its family, the family is as strong as its father. And so we we find a culture and a society who's trying to make fathers and men out to be jokes. They got these movies like Everybody Loves Raymond, According to Jim, The Simpsons. And all these others where a man, a father can't even go to the grocery store without getting the wrong thing. A lot of these things are about tearing down men and tearing down their identity. And that fathers and dads are stupid. They're ignorant. And it's just tearing down what God says is the key to the end time revival. He ended the Old Testament and started the New Testament. That in the last days, the hearts of the fathers are going to turn to the children and the children's hearts are going to return to the father. Now, how are we going to have revival and how are the hearts of the children going to return to the father and the father to the children if there's not a healing and a bonding and if there's not an identity coming into the hearts of men? Because the enemy is doing everything he can to belittle the identity of a father. And the blessing, the identity, purpose... And vision comes through the Father. Now, I'm not belittling the mother. I I mean, I gave you all an awesome Mother's Day message. You can get the the, uh, CD and, and find that out. But today is about dads. But what we're seeing, there is so much emphasis on the belittling of men that this younger generation, these young, even the young girls and young ladies are wanting, I think they have the mentality, they have to be superior to the men. And according to the word of God, we're still, the women are supposed to submit to their husbands. And the word of God says, honor your fathers and your mothers. But that word honor means to respect, but also to show mercy. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 7, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. And in the defense of fathers and dads today, I want to encourage you. The importance of you showing mercy to us dads. Because listen, we are on a journey and we don't know it all. And you know, Father Abraham is not only the father of faith, but how many of you know, he is also the father of a mess. 
We are in war today because he also fathered mess. And I want to show you something right quick before I get into this. The first scripture in Zechariah chapter 3, 1 through 5. Then he showed me Joshua, which represents you today, Father. The high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. Didn't say mother-in-law, it said Satan. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan, the Lord who has chosen. Somebody shout out chosen. Chosen. Jerusalem, or you, Dad, rebuke you. Is this not the brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head, speaking of authority and glory. So they put a clean turban on his head, and they put the clothes on him, and the angel of the Lord stood by. Now I want you to look at this next scripture. Psalm 7, verse 10. My defense, say that, men. My defense is God who saves the upright in heart. Today I'm talking about defending fathers, the defense of a man. Psalms 82, 3 through 8. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. And all of you are children. Say, I'm a child of the Most High God. Now what I want to minister to you today, that I believe that God wants to bring healing, vision, and restoration to the men, not only of this church, but those who listen to this tape later on, but also believe God wants to put vision into the young men and young ladies here. You know, there it says that He wants to defend the poor and the fatherless. The fatherless is an orphan spirit, orphan spirit. And the word defend means to minister the right rights and to vindicate. And it also means this. He wants to turn them to be spoken of as heroes. Dad, God wants to vindicate your position as a father at this time and in this age that we live in. He wants to vindicate what the enemy, society, and the media has tried to do to belittle the image. And maybe what we as men have done to belittle our image in not being respectable, not being present. Men who have abandoned and chosen the wrong path. But God wants to heal all that and vindicate you, and bring you into a new position, a new place, clean you, re-robe you in a position of authority, in a position of a dad, and minister righteousness to you. What we find today many times is the spirit of an orphan. And do you know that what is going on in the Middle East and around the world, all the Taliban, the Muslim, Islam, all that's going on, do you know that they are fighting not, not only a holy war of what they believe is their rights, but also it's an orphan spirit. And it all started when Abraham rejected Ishmael and approved of Isaac, kicked Ishmael, his first son, through the slave woman out and had fiestas and parties and everything for, for Isaac. But Ishmael, he sent him in the desert to die. And you can tell an orphan spirit, you know one reason why? Isn't it something after all these years, the Muslim people, Ishmael's descendants, are still dressing as they did over 
four or five thousand years ago? When you have an orphan spirit, you stand still at the wound. You stand still at the place of pain in your heart and in your spirit, and you can't advance. Isn't this something that we find Islam fighting? The same type of war, the same type of political problems, still dressing the same way, still doing the same rituals, still doing everything the way, the way they've been doing it for thousands of years. Why? And, and in Iran right now, do you see what's going on? They're rejecting the guy who's been in office, and they're going for the older guy, and it's all guys 30 years of age and under because they're seeking that fatherly image. They're seeking that fatherly image. What's all the wars about? What's all the uprising? What's all the pain about? It's because how many of you know, as dads as well as moms, you are at a place of impartation. You are a place where dads, you create the atmosphere of the home. Oh, your wife makes it a place of peace and rest, but you make it a place of purpose, a place where destiny is birthed. You make it a place where the word is lived and taught. It's on the head of the father to make a haven out of the home and to impart into their children and to bless. And we find today that if I wouldn't even ask you to raise hands, but if I would ask you, how many of you as sons and daughters received what you needed from your dad? I'm sure that the majority of the hands would raise that you did not get from what you needed from your hand. I want to do something with you and I want to share this with you that I felt I needed to do. I want to ask you to bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes and I want to pray something over you to break this orphan spirit. Everyone just bow their heads and close their eyes. Father, I come before you today and this Father's Day sometimes is not a time of pleasant memories or pleasant hurts. But in the authority of the name of Jesus, Father, I bind the rehearsal and the memories of wounds brought in through a father or the absence or the mistreatment or the abuse of a dad. And I pray for the release of these wounds now in the name of Jesus. I come against unforgiveness and bitterness. And I release forgiveness and love in their life. I come against rejection to be devalued, to be hurt. And I pray the acceptance and the value of who they are be brought into their hearts now in Jesus' name. I come against resentment and bitterness, and I pray for innocence to be restored. I come against hardness and anger, and I pray for gentleness and meekness. I come against all the walls, the hearts of stone, the defenses that they've hid behind, and I pray for transparency and openness. I come against unforgiving relationships, and I pray that today they will be forgiving relationships even for those who may have passed away. I come against the spirit of pride and I pray for a spirit of humility to love and accept the father, the son, and the son and the daughter as their father. I come against every form of bondage brought in through pain or rejection and I pray for the spirit of liberty in their lives. I come against anxiety, stress, and related diseases and I pray rest, peace, and divine health in their lives today. I come against a wounded and a shattered life. And I pray for healing and wholeness. And Father, I ask you today that mercy triumphs over judgment. In the name of Jesus. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. You know, many times you may not be exactly 
pleased or you may not be in, a, in agreement with maybe what your dad has done or what your dad is doing or maybe what your husband is doing. But I ask you today in defense of the fathers that you have mercy on us. You know, your husband may be acting a certain way because he's dealing with pains in his own life. He's being pulled in different ways. And I know many are thinking, yeah, but how about my life? Well, today, let's put your life on hold and let's talk about the Father. Let's talk about the one God made first in His image and then brought the woman forth. And that might be making some ladies upset, sounding chauvinist. And I'm not putting the woman underneath the man because I believe you're equal. But I do believe God has a godly order and this country is trying to take the godly out of position the godly order, and is trying to confuse it. So we're finding women who are being attracted to women and men who are attracted to men because there is no identity in the home and because the father is not taking his rightful position. I read an article that in World War I, many of our men here in this country went overseas and they lost their lives and many children became fatherless. And then those children grew up and had to go into fight into World War II and more children became fatherless. And then that generation rose up and then Vietnam came along and all of a sudden you find a bunch of generation rising up saying, we don't believe in war. We, we see the wounds and the pain of our grandfathers and our fathers from World War I and World War II. We want peace, brother. We don't war. We want peace. We want to love. And the Vietnam children arose and gave birth to Generation X, which is a generation that is confused. It has no identity. Because many were raised in a home without a father or maybe the father had so many wounds from the wartime he wasn't able to love or, or, or show appreciation or tell you, I love you, I appreciate you. I've seen it in my family. Both of my grandfathers were oil men from the early 1900s when derricks were rough and they made their life, they made their living and they were hard and they weren't the type to say, I love you. And... My dad's dad was the type of dad that the way he could tell you he loved you is that when he did finally start hugging you, he had to beat you on your back. First time he met my wife, he almost beat her lungs out of her because, you know, you can't be soft and gentle. You got to show yourself a man. And, you know, my other grand, my mom's dad was just rough and, and uh, mean and he, he was a, known as a very mean man and uh, always had to show he was tough. And if you watch Everybody Loves Raymond... You find some confused boys. Oh, I'm supposed to be standing still here. You find some confused boys who's got the love of a mother, but they're still trying to get the love of their father. And you find some episodes where the father says, I'm tough, and I'm supposed to show myself tough, and you're just a wimpy nanny baby. And many men thought they could put their sons in position by cutting them down, by calling them names, by calling them wimps, by, by not spending time with them, by saying, well, just go meet your mama because you, you're not good enough to be my boy. And the different wounds and the different hurts because since they didn't have a father, they don't know how to be a father. But if you're here today and you say, you know, my father, you may be a, a, a daughter. You may say, you know, my father never could tell me he loved me. He never once told me I was pretty. He never once told me I was beautiful. My father, all I know is that he worked, he came home to eat, and then he, you had to leave him alone. That's just the way my dad was. And you may be a son, or you may be a father today, you may say, you know, I'm just like my dad, and you know, I, I don't want to be, but I don't know how to communicate. Let me share something with you. Abraham went on a journey not knowing where he was to go. 
You can start a new legacy today yourself. You don't have to continue a legacy that may not be fulfilling. And you know what's fulfilling and what's not fulfilling. You know what you have desired. You know what you used to desire and you never got. But just because you didn't get what you desired as a son or a daughter doesn't mean you can't turn it around and start giving it to your son and your daughter. You can start a new legacy today. You can get your mind made up that you can end up being whatever and whoever you want to be because you've got a new father. He is Father God and He knows how to show Himself as a, not only power and might, but humility and servitude. And God is wanting to do a work in the fathers at this time in America that He wants us here at Word of Grace to start new legacies with the old legacies we might have held on to. They might just be bringing us down, hurting us, and keeping us down. And God wants to break that off of us. Listen to this report I got off of the web. It says, Dads often labor behind the scenes with little fanfare. In today's feminized society, the kind of men who built this country are regarded as heartless, knuckleheads, and idiots. They are criticized by many. Feminist groups call them deadbeats, abusers, and rapists. The media often blames them for all the ills of our nation. Dads boldly defend their homes and family from danger. They are the ones who arm, arm themselves and investigate the strange noises at night. While walking down the sidewalk, they, they, they place themselves between their loved ones and the busy street. And sometimes dad finds it necessary to travel to other lands and risk their lives in combat to defend their homes and homeland. Some of them return to the praise and ticker tape parades. Others are spit upon and called baby killers. Dads are built with strong shoulders for their wives to cry on. They are equipped with strong arms for children to swing on. During times of tragedy, dads are the ones to lean on. But despite what you think of them, America is a nation built by men. Women need them. Children learn from them. A home is never fully realized without them. And a nation hungers for them. Husbands and fathers are repeatedly criticized, stereotyped, underappreciated, attacked as becoming fashionable, political, correct, and trendy. But real men and fathers merely shrug their shoulders and live with the ridicule. For they have already realized that life is not supposed to be easy for them. That is why they're called Men. An orphan spirit is one who feels there's no safe place. No one cares for your soul or your emotions. No one to trust or to affirm or to admonish you. A place where you feel unprotected. A spiritual orphan begins to find comfort and identity in one of the following counterfeit, counterfeit affections. In other words, if there's an orphan spirit, there's four different areas that usually men fall into. And we wonder, what's happening to the society? Is it a spirit of lust? Is it a spirit of drugs? What is going on? Many times it's an orphan spirit. Listen to this. You give in to the affections of possessions, finding security in money and in things. Do you see what America is going through right now with the jobless rate and the unemployment rate and all the different things that are going on? Can you imagine if this country is built upon men whose identity is in how much they own and how much money they make? If that's taken away from them, 
Where is their identity going to be? It's not only their possessions, it's also their passions. Addictions, compulsiveness, alcohol, drugs, food, immoral issues. It happens, it'll manifest in the area of passion. There's a void inside. So if I don't give love and appreciation from my mom or my dad, if I don't get words of affirmation, I'm going to find it somehow, even if I have to get with the wrong group. Position. Finding acceptance by striving to be seen or slaving for the praise of men. I just want to feel accepted. Power. Being in control of my life and my destiny. A person who finds great difficulty receiving love, acceptance, and affirmation from God or from others, especially during times when they feel like they have failed or when they believe they have, others have failed them, they fall into a, a role of fleeing intimacy. So they often focus their relationships with God's or with their family, with God or their family, in acts, gifts, discipline, and duty, but not in an intimate type of relationship. The relationship with others, especially within their family, often depends upon others' performance, not their own. Because they may fear their own weaknesses being exposed, they may feel threatened or withdrawn if others get too close to their hidden core of pain. Oh, I don't need that type of teaching. I don't need you to talk about, my dad was a real man, he taught me to be a real man. I never needed him to tell me that he loved me. Yes, you did. Everyone needed and needs to hear they loved them. And ladies, let me tell you something. If this country is going down because of position, passion, and these possessions, if we're finding, us men are finding areas to try to fill our holes are in, it may be you're wanting a godly man in your home, but you're not encouraging him to be godly, or you're not encouraging him to be the man of the home. How can a man who's going through his work and the daily process of job and the frustration and worried about paying the bills and paying education and doing all the things he's doing and then get home and get fussed at for little things and always being belittled, how is he going to feel like a real man? How is he going to feel like he's appreciated? How is he going to feel respected if he's always being put down by every movie he sees, by the media, and by the people he lives with? You know, and how about this? You can't, if you love your man, you won't compare your man. Can I hear an amen? Hey, I'm defending dads today. I'm not asking the men to clap. I don't want you to get in trouble. Those frying pans hurt. I know. I've been hit. Not by my wife. But listen. When someone starts touching that place... And as we get into this, as you feel something touching you, don't close up. Open up and let the Spirit of God heal you and minister to you for Him to give you His identity on the type of dad He is so you can be imitators of God as dear children, fathers, and sons. Oftentimes, people with orphan spirit has a dysfunctional view of how they see things. They don't see things right. They withdraw. They don't feel accepted. They've got pains. They've got insecurities. And so they manifest in different ways. And God wants to heal that. Let me give you another scripture here. 2 Corinthians 6, 18. I will be a father to you. Thank God. Everybody, thank God I've got a father. Thank God I've got a father who cares for me. 
Thank God I have a father. And he says, you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Hallelujah. I've got a daddy. Hallelujah. And he loves you. I love this. Jesus, the prophecy coming out in the future. Luke 172. To perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. To perform what? Mercy promised to your fathers. There's a mercy for you and God wants to give that to you. Now listen, in defense of fathers, I try to be the best dad that I can. But listen, I've got books by Dr. Dobson and all kind of people. I got videos and CDs, but you know what it's like being a dad today? By the time I finish one book on my, one of my son's problems, or one of my problems, I'm, re, I'm finishing the chapter. They got a new issue. And so I got to find a book on that issue. They keep growing up. They keep changing. And you keep saying, well, I thought I had this down, but I'll just remember it for the next boy. But the next boy or daughter isn't like the last one. And there's a whole new issue. Where can I find that book? How many of you know parenting did not come with a manual? When my kid was, when my firstborn was born, I didn't get a manual. His mother and I did not get a manual how to hold him. So, you know, they came up to us and they said, you're not supposed to hold your baby like that. Why not? He likes Batman. If you hang him upside down, he may be like Batman. You know, I don't know how many ladies fuss me for the way I hold my boys. So, you know, you got to learn how to hold them. And then my wife would say, go bathe the kid. (laughs) Well, Cody, with that stuff coming out your diaper, you're going in the washer machine. (laughs) You know, he didn't come with a manual. And then my wife says, but baby, would you mind uh, going feed the kid? Okay. Eat, boy. (laughs) How many of you know? We, there are no perfect daddies. And as you can see, we weren't perfect parents, but he, he turned 21, so he survived. <laughs> They're going to survive. <laughs> but it's not easy parenting. And that's why as a dad, I ask you, as I ask the children, to have mercy on us dads. No, maybe we didn't, we didn't do everything right, and I know we didn't. I ask the wives and the mothers and the fathers to have mercy on us dads. Because many of us, all of us, we've tried the best we could. We love you, we cared for you. And there just was some things we weren't taught. So many times a dad can be judged for not being what others think he should be. But maybe he wasn't taught to be that type of man. So he becomes the enemy in the home. Or he becomes the butt of the jokes. I saw an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond where the mother got the kids together and made bets that daddy was going to forget this, daddy was going to do that. And come to find out the whole life, they're teasing the dad. He's the butt of the jokes. So guess what? They think they can do it. And we start wondering, why is my kid talking to me different? 
Why is my child acting different? Why is my child treating me different? It may be that he's not being honored and encouraged and spoken about as he should. And I know you may be saying, but you don't know what my husband did. You're trying to cover up what, my, what that old this, that, and the other did. And you're trying to say I'm supposed to respect and honor him. You don't know the he put me through. But you know what? I'm not trying to wash that away if he saved the blood already Amen. did. Amen. The blood already did. And we got to live blood conscience. That not only do we have a blood covenant, but the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us, including daddy, from all sin. So many times we're hard. And I know sometimes men, I know men are hard on, on ladies. But we've got to learn to come to a place of healing and maturity where we're not attacking one another and we're not pulling each other down, but we're building and we're edifying to be what God created us to be. Amen. We need to have mercy. You, we ask you, us dads ask you to have mercy on us and pray for us on how we lead you. Have mercy on us for our mistakes. Have mercy for us and pray for us. And also defend us. Don't agree with your mama on everything about us. <laughs> defend us. And dads, you need to defend your mamas also. But we, like Abraham, are a work in process. How many men can say amen? We are a work in process. So let me get to this next point here. Let me end with this. But you know, I, I, I just want to share with you ladies something from a man's point of view, if that means anything today. And I believe with you it does. But you know, there are so many issues we grew up with that I didn't realize a lot of things that my dad, even though my dad was a godly man, a great example, a, a precious man, he knew growing up all of his life, he was not the favorite child. And by my brother and I being his child, we were not the favorite grandchildren. And we knew that at an early age. And I look back now because sometimes you got to listen to me, young people. You're going to have to become a mother or a dad to understand the mother and the dad. I knew my dad had hurts and pains. I knew that my dad couldn't keep the same job, that he did a lot of humiliating jobs and never made any money. We never had a vacation. And all of his life, every va- we never had a vacation because every time he had a break, it was to go to my grandparents' house to try to win their approval and hear what he never heard growing up. Until his dying day, he never got that. He was still number two. And through the Bible, you find Cain and Abel. Through the Bible, you find Ishmael and Isaac. Throughout the Bible, you find the favorites and the not-so-favorites. And you find the conflicts. And all of his life, he worked on trying to win that approval. You know, when my grandparents passed away, it was amazing what the favorite side got. My wife and I got a stool. But at least we got the stool and we still got it. But it's amazing that you can see even in his death the things that were not done right from family. But when that happens, do you get angry and hold it against the family and try to 
build his image up? Or do you start a new legacy and allow the image that God wants to put inside of you to build your legacy up? You see, my dad always wanted me to dress like him. He even wanted me to preach like him. But at a young age, and I guess living overseas, I found my own way of dressing. If he knew I was up here preaching in jeans and my shirt out my pants today, he'd whip me still. (laughs) But you see, he put enough in me, and then my heavenly father put the rest in me to where I am who I am. And so stop trying to live up to somebody else's expectancy. Be who you are and help your children get the purpose and the vision to grow up and who, be who they're supposed to be. And we'll have a lot less conflicts in the home and a lot more stable children. Now in Zechariah 1, 13, this is a, a new verse here. This is how you start off. This is the foundation. And the Lord answered the angel who talked to me with what? Good and comforting words. When the father of the prodigal son ran to him, he didn't say, how did you get so dirty? How did you get so filthy? Because the prodigal son came home with his head down. He was walking in shame, but the dad came and hugged him. He didn't say, how did you get so dirty? They didn't ask Joshua, the high priest, how did you get so filthy? He just started speaking comforting and good words. Wives, children, Husbands, you want to build a foundation in your home. It starts off with good, comforting words. It's not 10 years later still telling on what your husband did 10 years ago that ruined you or your son's life. It's because of that old man that my daughter turned out like he is. It's because of that old man my son turned out like he is. It's because of my old man I turned out like I am. There comes a time where we have to wash it under the blood. Put it under the blood. And leave it. And let the Holy Spirit rebuild and renew something else. And dads, it's time for you to put it under the blood and stop blaming yourself that your children came out the way they did because of you. Because let me tell you something. The prodigal son's father was a good, blessed man. He had everything in a home that he needed. The elder brother said it. But the prodigal son, even though he was raised in a good home, he still wanted to leave and he left and he ended up ruining his life. But daddy took him back. We all have made mistakes. There are things I wish I could redo. There are things I wish I could have done differently. But I can't now. And all I can do now is plead it under the blood, forgive myself, and I've had to apologize to them to forgive Dad for not being or doing or saying everything he needed to say or do. I'm not perfect. I'm on a journey. While I'm trying to help you find yourself, I'm trying to find myself. While I'm trying to help you heal, I'm trying to heal. In defense of fathers, good and comforting words. Zechariah 3, 1 through 12 of the New Living Translation, the angel showed me Yeshua or Joshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. Standing. I want you to write this word down. That word stand means separated to God far. 
He had filthy rags on. He was unclean and he seemed like he should have been rejected. But he still was standing before God. Dads, I want to tell you something. You might have messed up and you might have missed out on something. And you might find yourself today, you might be a single dad or you may find yourself in a hurting position. But listen, this man Joshua was dirty, unclean and unfit. But because he was chosen, he still could stand before God even in that condition because God was going to take him in that condition and transform him into who he needed to be. Amen. Don't run away or hide from God or anyone else because you've messed up. Run to God, let him cleanse you and let him give you back as a new vessel. It says he was standing before the high priest, before the angel of the Lord, and look who was there. The accuser. Satan was there at the angel's right hand making accusations against Joshua. Do you know what the right hand means? Ownership. Satan was saying, look at him, God. He's filthy. He's unfit. He's mine. He bowed to my temptation. He bowed to what I I presented before him. He sinned. He messed up. The right hand Satan was accusing, saying, he's mine. You don't want him. He's not worthy enough. He'll never change. He's in this condition because he's mine and he'll never be able to change. That's what the right hand means. Verse 2. But our father said, Satan. I, their father, reject your accusations. Satan, yes, the Lord, who has chosen Jerusalem, rebukes you. This man is like a burning stick. He's as filthy. That word burning stick means the most flawed, dirtiest of characters. Burning stick. As low down, unworthy, in character, and in morals as you can get. And this is what the Lord says to Satan. I rebuke you. This man may be, have lived a life of wrong and sin. And he's been snatched from the fire. And Joshua's clothing was filthy as he stood there before the Lord. Angel. And the angel said to the other standing there, take off Hallelujah. His filthy clothes. Take off his filthy clothes. Take off the wrong. Take off what Satan is claiming is his. Take off the morality. Take off the passions. Take off the perversions. Take off the anger. Take off the pain. Take off the sin. And turning to Joshua, he said, See? See, my brothers, I have taken away your sins and now I am giving you these new fine clothes. (laughs) Only our Father can do that. Only our God is merciful enough to know. say, even in that condition, if I accept Him, I'm asking you to accept Him and love Him and care for Him. Yes, he's got habits and noises that are not right. Yes, there are things about him that has changed. But you said, till death do us part. Now you do your part in encouraging him to be a good, godly husband and man. I've accepted him. 
And so look at Romans 8, 33-34. Who dares to accuse us whom God has chosen for His own? No one. For God Himself has given us right standing with Himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us and He is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Aren't you thankful for that? Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Now listen. When I prayed for you all ago, and we're getting ready to pray over you again to end, it says in the King James Bible, in verse 3, it says, I, the Lord, I rebuke you. That's the same word that Jesus used every time he rebuked a demon or demons out of a person. He told Satan, I rebuke you. Or in other words, leave him. Leave him. Leave him. Come out of him. Leave him. He's my chosen one. He's the one whom I love. No, he may not be perfect, but he's my chosen one. Therefore, I rebuke you because he's my property. Even though he's imperfect, he's still my property. How many of you ever sold an old car? And you were excited about selling an old car to buy a new one. But isn't it funny that even though that car was a piece of junk, after you washed it and waxed it to sell it, you wondered if you were making the right choice in selling that old piece of clunker? It started looking good again. And it had memories. God wants to cleanse and wash us from all defilement. He wants to give us His heart and His spirit to better love and impart into this generation so that this generation doesn't continue a legacy like the old, but a legacy that's going to bring Jesus back. Amen? Thank God forevermore. And then it says, take his filthy garments off in the defilement because I want to reinstate him. Dad, Father wants to reinstate us fathers today. Married or single, he wants to reinstate us. And I'll finish with Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 and 9. Look at verse 9. Let's just read that one. And become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with Himself depends on faith. He's made you righteous. It doesn't depend upon yourself. It depends on your faith that He has made you righteous. So super dads, go for it. Amen. Now would you bow your heads and close your eyes and there's one more thing I want to do with you. Just bow your head and close your eyes and If you don't mind, I want to stand in proxy for your dad. I want to stand in place of your dad's. If your dad has hurt you, abused you, if your dad no longer is alive, but yet there are things that you say or think about him. Wives, I want to stand in proxy for your husbands. And what they may have never been able to say, I want you to open your heart and be able to hear and forgive and release them as you hear these words. My child... Will you forgive me for my inability to show you true love? I know I wounded you in so many ways, causing you to to turn your back on home and move away from love. Would you forgive me for each time I failed you 
Forgive me for my high standards that left you feeling like you could never please me. There were times when I allowed life to drain me so that I had nothing left to give you. Even when I was there, I wasn't there for you. Please forgive me for failing to show you the love in my heart. Would you forgive me for my rules and requirements that left you no option but to rebel and to feel defeated and crushed? Please forgive me for pushing you into my mode rather than calling you to be who God made you to be and for all the pain that resulted from that. Please forgive me for leaving you without a safe place to call home, for turning my back on you and the family and abandoning you. God is not like that, and I misrepresented His love. Please forgive me for the betrayal you experienced through my abuse, the words, the manipulation, the actions, and the sins I committed against you. It was not your fault that I asked you, and I ask your forgiveness for these ways that I lied to you about God. Please forgive me for failing to show you tenderness in words or actions, for not holding you or singing over you. I ask your forgiveness for placing parenting responsibility on your young shoulders, taking away your childhood. My child, I am sorry for every way I have failed you, hurt you, and misrepresented God's love. I've added to your pain, and I ask you to please forgive me now in Jesus' name. Now, I want you just to think in your heart and forgive your father, your stepdad, authority figure who've hurt you. I ask you just to say their name and forgive them by faith, by faith, that I choose to forgive today. And I accept your forgiveness, Father, from holding bitterness and a grudge, holding on to the past when I'm called to search out and go for the future. I pray of you now, God has called you by a new name and speaks identity to you now. Father, God has chosen you to be his child, called by his name, adopted into his kingdom to inherit all of his love in Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. We welcome you as a member of his family and we bless you and it is a blessing to know you and identify him in you. Father, God created you to know his love, to receive it and share it with others. We bless you to know this destiny in your heart and soul. You are called to live as a child of God, chosen and loved, forgiven, cleansed, released, and set free. Father God speaks His blessings over you now and releases you into the authority and the responsibility of manhood. Do you accept this? Do you accept this? Say yes and just ask the Father to give you grace to be who you're called to be. And as the men are praying and searching their hearts, I would ask the ladies if we could do for the men what we did for you for Mother's Day. Would all the ladies please line up in the front and on the sides and in the back. Let's just form a square. And all ladies, not just the wives, but all ladies, would you stand on the side of the walls and up here? My wife is going to pray. Lead in prayers. We pray over the men today, these fathers, these grandfathers. 
Man, I just want you to open your hearts and receive this blessing and this prayer from all these wonderful women of God. Receive healing and blessing from them. In Jesus' name. As I pray, uh, you know, in the Old Testament, the old patriarchs would bless their sons. And I just want to pray a blessing over you, which is a gift for Father's Day. A whole lot better gift than the tangible gifts that you're going to open today. Uh, as I pray, you may say, well, that's not me. I could never be that way. Well, just as we read and Joshua got new clothing, the old was taken away. The identity that you have of yourself right now in the old ways that you've been walking in, take that off and receive this gift of blessing that we're going to pray. We're going to deposit it in you. We're going to place it on you. And I just want you to receive it. Say yes. That's who I'm going to be in the future. Yes, that's a goal that I want to attain. Amen? Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that we have godly men in this church. Yes. I thank you that they, that they are strong, that they are mighty in valor, that they know how to fight the enemy. When the enemy comes in against their family... They don't shake their head and shrug their shoulders, but they go to war in the spirit. That that manliness begins to rise up within them. And they come against Satan just as the Lord did in the Old Testament of Zechariah. And I thank you, Father God, that they know how to live righteous lives. That daily they seek you. Father, they seek a plan and a strategy every day to be pleasing to you. And as they please you, Father, they please their families and their friends. I thank you, Father, that they live daily with convictions. Yes. That they do not compromise what they know they shouldn't compromise. Yes. I thank you, Father, that they're full of grace and mercy. That they are approachable. That they are pleasant. Father, that they, they present such masculinity and such strength, but kindness at the same time. That their women folk are drawn to them for shelter, safety, and security, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that they are strong in the spirit of their mind. That they are not negative. That they are not self-condemning in the name of Jesus. I thank you that they don't have low self-esteem because they find their esteem in you, yes. Lord God. I thank you, Father, that they tithe. And therefore, the blessings of God come upon them and their family. I thank you that they have divine wisdom. And in every decision that they have to make, they ask you, Father. They seek your kingdom first. And you add things to them. I thank you, Father, that they're blessed going out. That they're blessed coming in. I thank you, Father, that the words of their mouth are seasoned with salt. That's full of grace and full of mercy and full of love, full of tenderness. I thank you, Father, that they deny themselves at times, Father, to be pleasing to others. And I thank you for the men in this church that as for today, Lord, we say together, the women with the men, that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord in Jesus' yes. name. Amen. Amen. Give that to Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You, now, ladies, why don't you blow a kiss to your husband?
Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's give these men, ladies, let's give these men a big hand. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. How many of you believe in the power of prayer? I believe there was some prayers over you this morning that started shifting some things in your life. I believe there have been some bondages and shackles that have been loosened off of your life today. And I believe you're going to find it a great joy to be a father and a husband and a man. And that this society that's trying to go downhill is going to be built up by godly men and fathers. Amen. Hallelujah. Once again, if you bow your head, if there's anybody here today, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We cannot end this service without giving you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. If you don't know if you die right now, leaving this place, you don't know if you go to heaven or hell, and you know you got to get your life right, I want you to raise your hand and say, I need Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I need Him into my heart. Just raise your hand right there where you are. I've got to get my life right with God right now. Anyone at all. God bless you. I saw that hand. Anyone else? I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to have a new life. Anyone else at all? I'm ready to start over again. I'm ready for all the old ways to be buried. And I'm ready to be a new man, a new woman, a new person. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. Anyone else today? Anyone else today? That's, that's two hands. Anyone else today? On this Father's Day. Just raise your hands right there where you are. Well, I want to give them our life. I'm ready to surrender and be new. Anyone else at all? Anyone else at all? I'm ready to surrender. Jesus. Jesus. Anyone else? Those who raise their hands, would you please stand up? Those two, would you stand up just where you are? Everybody, please remain with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. God bless you, yes. Just stand up where you are. No one's looking around. Would you stand up, please? God bless you. Thank you. The Bible says if we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouths, we will be saved. And He loves you so much that He sent His Son. He does not judge you. The Word says the Father does not judge you. He wants to save you and cleanse you, rescue you. I want you to put your hand upon your heart and pray this prayer with me. Just put your hand upon your heart and pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you in Jesus' name to forgive me of all my sins. I give my life to you. All of my past, all of the wrongs, all of my sins. I give them to you now. And I ask you to erase them with the power of the blood of your Son. Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior. I surrender to you now. And I thank you for saving me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Let's give the Lord praise. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now, Brother Marvin, would you raise your hand? If you two ladies would look at this good-looking man in the back, in the white shirt, waving his hand. If you would go to him and he, he wants to write down your name and number and address. We want to make sure we get your information. We want to send you something. 
Thank God for you. Thank God you gave your life to the Lord today. We want to just bless you with a great Father's Day. Proclaim the blessings of God on you. We don't have church tonight because we're going to spend it with our family. We're going to have a great time today. Love on your family. Tell them how much you love them. Would you please stand? And our brother Buddy is going to dismiss us. We love you. Happy Father's Day. And God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, we thank you that not a single, not a single one of us will leave here like we came in here, Father God. Lord, we've been transformed. We've been renewed in the mind, the body, and the spirit, Father God. And Lord, we are blessed. We're blessed coming in. And Father God, we're mostly blessed going out. We praise you and we give you honor and glory for your transformation in the precious, powerful name of Jesus. Amen.